For most men, there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight. Most fall over the first hurdle, trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up. That's why Manshake was created, the simple and effective way to lose weight. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. It's Tuesday the 8th of August, welcome to Afternoon Sport. It's Dan McHugh here and I'm joined by, not Shane Lee because it's his birthday. Shad, how you doing? Is it, is it Shane Lee's birthday today? Yeah, it's his 50th birthday. I thought it was his birthday ages ago. Mate, Didn't he go to Europe? It's been his birthday all year. <laughs> oh my god! So he's like he's been doing the proper white girl. It's my birthday month, guys. Yeah, it's fifty days of fifty, isn't it? <laughs> Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Women's World Cup, of course, netball, cricket, AFL, NRL, and more. Someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age any fitness at any time. More than 80% happen at home, and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now, you can increase your chances of survival with CellAid, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use, and as small as a block of chocolate. Every home should have a CellAid. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your CellAid at CellAid.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. All right, let's look at this Women's World Cup, Shad. The Matildas have made it to the FIFA Women's World Cup quarterfinal after defeating Denmark last night. Oh, man, God, it was so good to watch last night. Getting at 1-0 uh, and a battle too. That first half being at 1-0 was a huge effort from the Matildas because it was quite a tough uh, battle against, uh, is it the, do you say the Danes? Is that what Denmark is? Yeah. Yeah, against the Danes. Uh, but I think the, the the big highlight as well, watching it, um, obviously 2-0 was the final score. Caitlin Ford Played unreal, debuting uh, in the World Cup uh, for the Matildas. As in, it's her first game in the World Cup, and we were worried about how uh, we didn't use a lot of our players throughout the pool tournament to have fresh, uh, to have people that had experience on the pitch during the World Cup. It wasn't an issue for Caitlin Ford. She was carving them up on the left edge, which made us, you know, really look in great positions nearly every time she took it up towards the box. The other big highlight, and you heard the crowd erupt. Uh, in the broadcast, it would have been fantastic for the seventy-two thousand in in Sydney when Sam Kerr finally took to the pitch. I had some people in my ear, you know, some journo's here in Queensland saying that no, no, she she's not going to play. It is it is a calf tear. She's not even going to play the whole tournament. But then seeing her warm up on the back end there, bit risky, being up two nil to bring Sam Kerr on, and she is holding an injury. But watching her run out there and everyone getting what they have been dreaming to see, uh, the best Australian football player, the best in the world, many would say, uh, taking the pitch for the Matildas, it was great to watch. Do you mean risky for her to bring her on at the end of the game? Risky by our coach to take her. If she's injured and we're up 2-0, we don't really need a striker or a centre-forward 
on yeah. the pitch to go yeah, out there and risk an injury. Um, it was a bit scary when she slipped over and she took the piss out of it, which was pretty yeah. funny. But, um, but you know, it's again, I'm not complaining. It's great to see her out there, which means we're going to see more of her as we go into the next stage of the tournament. It felt pretty tokenistic, so let's hope that that's the case. Yeah. Um, England v Nigeria. We made it to the penalty shootout. Yeah, and man, Nigeria's uh, tournament was set to go to the next level again, but... Uh, Unfortunately, not to be with uh, the Poms managing to go through. I there's here's a little here's a little part for me, right? Here's a little thing for me. We beat him in the Ashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get too. You want him to make it to the final? There's part of me that's like, (laughs) can we try and take them on (laughs) further down and beat them (laughs) later in the tournament, which is the next stage if we can get through. I feel like if they and us <laughs> face each other in the grand final, it's going to be this whole spirit of cricket talk <laughs> all again. Well, I believe I believe we play each other in the next stage if we both make it through. What I worry about is France take on Morocco tonight, nine o'clock. Um, I don't. I'm. I, it saddens me because the the Moroccan story has been amazing this tournament. Yeah, and I would have loved for them to continue. Uh, they're kind of run through. But unfortunately, that would mean that they'd have to take on us. <laughs> yeah, and then they would lose to us and it would ruin it your would little side story. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was more interested in the uh, the Lauren James who full-on stood on uh, Michelle Alozzi from the Nigerian team in the match there. Mate, bit That's of- where I was going with that spirit of cricket. Kind oh, of I see. The bit of dirty play from uh, from the English side. Well, yeah, I mean, it feels like they've, they've become it. a bit of a, a nation of bad sportsmen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for any of our uh, expats that are listening today. And I wholeheartedly agree with Dan's sentiment. <laughs> what about this fallout with the USA team? They're just getting totally smashed. Oh, and mate. Like, they were always going to. Yeah, but why is it a right-wing, left-wing argument? Because that's all they are over there, isn't it? They can polarise anything over there, can't they? I mean, the the fact that they've let that get in the way of being able to champion your national team, like an extremely successful national team. Absolutely. That went into the tournament in a transition period, and I know that's a a bit of a buzzword for the Americans as well, careful, but like in in a period of changing over from... A, an older side to a more youthful side, they were, you know, they weren't the mighty US side that the probably the States fans would have expected. But all this blowback is purely based on people throwing it all the way back to how woke this US team was by protesting at certain stages of their, uh, what is it, nearly a decade-long dominance of the, females, of the female side of football. Yeah, but I think it's... it's uh so disrespectful like you've yeah. got absolute champions and they've had one bad tournament as you said in a transition period mm. so suddenly it's okay to just totally slam them which i think is just so disrespectful and you've got uh i think it i think it's because they rejected donald trump invited them for dinner in 2019 after they won yeah and the then World he went Cup on a twitter tirade which i yeah. mean he, he he never forgets a grudge does he because when they got oh, knocked out he immediately got on so uh, petty got on them which was just uh, just embarrassing what a jerk it's so petty <laughs> yeah um although their ad going into the world cup was pretty stupid and everyone's been <laughs> yeah. smashing that as well but you know it's it's not it's only bad because they lost like if they yeah. won you probably wouldn't even talk about it no, exactly. Uh, it's it's kind of like, you know, you say that the English side are, are bad sports 
bad sports and don't play in the spirit of the game. Well, I think the Ooh. Americans probably have some of the worst fans, almost AFL level type fans. You know? Yeah, right. Rabbit and Rude. Oh, Collingwood kind of fans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, since we're talking back into talking about the spirit, shall we talk about how England lost to Australia in the Netball World Cup final? Mate, this is great. This is what I mean. We, we're we on this kind of beating England at nearly everything. <laughs> I'm loving it. Uh, this was um, We did it the hard way. We had to go to Jamaica because England beat us before and then we uh, had to face them again, which I imagine would be super tough. Yeah, uh, after going- losing... Yeah, shortly beforehand, yeah. Yeah, the other team can play with some confidence knowing that they only did it a short while ago. Um, but we did it. We overcame them in a tight one. Do you think they know the spirit yet? <laughs> Not of netball, mate. They don't get netball. <laughs> they don't get what it's like, mate, wandering down to the netball courts, you know. Um, do we not win the netball World Cup every time? Aren't we the only country that the, plays it? We're like a 10-time champ. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, Mitch Marsh, named Australia's T20 captain uh, for this uh, South Africa tour. Yeah, look, we're missing Shane, our, our big cricket correspondent here, but um, oh, I can do I can do my Shane. I can do my Shane. Okay, do your Shane. Yeah, no, Mitch Marsh, uh, Mitch Marsh takes over uh, the reins of the club there because, look, you know, mate, Cummins is done. Like he's done. Um, he's out to pasture, and I think it's time for transition in the side. Uh, and he just he just looked at a loss, mate, during the, during that tour of England. And I think this is probably the move forward that we need to. Probably not long term, but uh, that's probably where we need to go. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we'll be back in a second talking AFL, NRL, and UFC. For most men, there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight. Most fall over the first hurdle, trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up. That's why Manshake was created. Packed with protein and low in sugar, it's sure to keep you full throughout the day, not to mention it's only $2.49 a meal. Over half a million Aussie guys have lost weight the Manshake way. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. Okay, let's have a look at the AFL. Over the last 10 years, no Premier has lost more than one game in the last month of the home and away season. It means Collingwood and Port Adelaide are apparently on a rocky road. Well, so, okay, look, give me that stat one more time just to kind of comprehend it. So if you lose in the final month of the season, yeah. no one's You're ever won the, the Premier. Interesting. When do finals start? September. So, mm. okay, that's so everyone who goes into the finals essentially carries a four-game winning streak. Well, the winner, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. It is pretty you get, interesting. It says get, a lot about momentum, doesn't it? Yeah. So you go in with a four-game winning streak, and wow, So if Collingwood or Port Adelaide lose again, they're not going to mm. win the comp. If Carlton loses, uh, Carlton's got one in the bag. By the way, yeah, Brisbane Lions got one in the bag. Uh, a few teams, one in the bag, Bulldogs and St Kilda don't, so St Kilda can't. This, that, that, I want to monitor this next week because yeah, you yeah, can we basically should. We should put a line. So depending on results this week, you could start to put a line through a few teams. If St Kilda lose, they're out. Um, if obviously the top of the table boys lose, they're out. Uh, who else have we got in here? Bulldogs won last week, so they've got one in the bag. That's Okay. Interesting stats. So, yeah, if your team lost last week and loses this next week, they're not going to win the grand final. They're not going to win the flag. We'll have to have a follow-up follow yeah, up next week. Yeah, let's keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on that, um, AFL fans. 
Now back to let's do a bit of an old man topic here and talk about bloody kids these days. Okay. Uh, some teens at Marvel Stadium on Friday night were bloody throwing eggs onto the field during the Western Bulldogs uh, game against Richmond. Why? I don't. I guess they were thought they were being cheeky or something. Oh. They they were throwing it from right up the top of the you know top seating onto the field, which is pretty dangerous. And they it wasn't just one egg; it was like. A couple. Man, see what I mean about AFL fans? God, they suck. <laughs> are they the worst? This year has been one of the worst years for AFL fandom ever. You know what, what I mean? What, what, what else is on the list? Well, we've, oh, had, no, we've, had, a, we've had like, two, what, three racism, two or three racism ones. A guy grabbed uh, one of the Hawks. Uh, it was Richmond or Hawks. One, a guy grabbed a player. Um, to patronise him while he was on the boundary line so the player turned around and knocked his drink out of his hand, which I love. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you had that. You've had... Uh, what, what else has there been? There's been a few. The, there's been a, a bunch of racism ones, again. Oh, and the the guy that headbutted um, old mate from Geelong or whatever. Oh, like, yeah, just the other week. So you had yeah. a player getting headbutted off field as well. I mean, this is crazy. What have NRL fans been up to? Fuck all. Oh, come on. There was a laser pointer incident. Oh, the laser pointer, of course. That one was pretty bad. <laughs> I think if, if, we, if we're going to do an NRL versus AFL off, like, off-field or controversy tally, oh, is this I the reckon... first time AFL's beaten NRL in like 10 years? I, I think I AFL's just, worse. I just think, you know what, the AFL players are more well-behaved. So there's less stories about them. <laughs> That's so not they true. Go, you know they move it. to the <laughs> they move to the next slot and go to the fans. With, that is with NRL, not true. It's just constant material. That is not true, and you know <laughs> it. the difference between NRL and AFL is AFL fans don't dob their players in. <laughs> Those, you go down to St Kilda, they're yeah, still up to mischief, and that makes them better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, except for all the racism and stuff. But I reckon if we were to do this, we would need to look at haircuts as well. Oh, Who's yeah. rocking the strongest haircuts? And uh, <laughs> some of the NRL mullets are yeah, horrible. D-Dub-Z, top best hair in the game. Oh, my, my God, God, those luscious curly locks in the Warriors. My God, I love him. Um, <laughs> shall we have a look at the NRL? The Rabbitohs look like they've got a bit of a crisis with their front row. Well, probably uh, have, probably wishing that they didn't let Liam Knight go to the Bulldogs. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was <laughs> thinking, yeah. Tom Burge is now going to be out. Uh, they are going to have to de- dig deep. Arrow as well um, in some issues. I worry about South Sydney managing to stay inside the eight. Um, I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to finish up in the eight at all. Yeah, that kind of ruins my bet uh, from the beginning of the year. But I, I think they're in de- very bad uh, spot at the moment. Um, because I mean, they're on, they're on tight the points with Eels and Cowboys. Well, the, Seagulls are only one under that. The Cowboys are also like teetering a bit, which is a bit shocking. Eels shouldn't be in the position that they're in. They should yeah, be. Then they've had a bit of a bad run, haven't they? Well, the well, not even well, not only that, but the Eels got lucky. You know, that was. I mean, the NRL even came out, which I don't agree with them constantly doing that, but. The NRL came out and you saw in the replays, Gutherson stripped that ball. That should have been a St. George try and a, a potentially an Eels loss. They should have lost that game. Oh, so, so they got off lucky. All oh, right. I was thinking the other way. I was thinking they're a better side than 
the Well, they fell off, and that's, they fell off when they could have kept that run going and they're in the position they're in. But really, they should be further down the ladder after what happened on the weekend, which puts way mm. more pressure on the Rabbitohs instead of only competing with essentially the Cowboys and potentially the Sea Eagles. The Knights have really messed up everyone's yeah. um, ideas here, and I think the Knights are on a surge. I still think the Sharks are going to s- slip more. But Will they finish in the top eight, though? Well, I mean, you look at their run home. They've got the Cowboys next. Uh, sorry, they've got the Titans next, who have been a bit of a bogey for a few teams at the moment. Um, and then they've got the Cowboys, who will have a lot to play for. The Knights will have even more to play for. And the Raiders, who will probably also be playing to stay in the top eight. So they're playing three teams after only getting their first win over a top eight side, which we both just said potentially isn't one. Yeah. Um, they've got to take on three teams in their three of their last four teams are teams that they'll be competing with to stay in the eight. Yeah. So it's gonna be a tough run home. Um the other thing I want to touch on with the with the NRL though is keep an eye on this story overnight. Uh the Bo- the Broncos, Kevin Walters say in the media, yeah, pretty confident Payne will sign in the coming weeks. Well, news last night. Painhaas is apparently going to reject a $1.1 million per season contract offer from the Broncos, uh, believing, and I think rightfully so, that he's going to get up to $1.3 million from a few of the Sydney clubs. Bulldogs are definitely going to offer that much money. Does, do, I, I didn't think there was that much money. Yeah, the cap goes up again. So the cap's like at 10 think, right. 10-ish million per year, and the average player salary, I think, sits around 200 Yeah. I think so um, and for a team like the Bulldogs um, who have mass cap room I, the, the talk in a lot of circles in the terms of the news you'll see online and that I think is kind of true is that it never really seemed like to, he wants to be at the Broncos uh, or at least his manager doesn't want him there he switched managers last year and, and that went through the whole how he was just said he wanted out all of a sudden um, and it resulted in Broncos fans booing him at Suncourt which was poor form uh, but it really looks like he doesn't want to be there in the next year. And I wonder if the lure of a premiership win isn't that much for him, you know. I've met Payne a few times. He's a very humble, very quietly spoken guy. Mm. He's a passionate man of faith as well, which makes me think that, you know, like my family, uh, on my dad's side, my dad's Muslim and lives in Western Sydney, big community down there. I wonder if that might be a little bit of a draw card that a team like the Bulldogs might put out there. The yeah. idea of like being down here with community and stuff. Not to say that there isn't up here in Brisbane, but I, you know, I, I'm fascinated to see what the motive would be around leaving if it isn't just money. Because when right. you meet him and you talk to Payne, it doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's really that um, money focused. Yeah, money focused. Uh, and he's a, a lot of like management does a lot. So I bet his management team's money focused. Hundred percent. Well, that's yeah. the whole reason that they took over his yeah. contract and put him in his sitch. But it'd be yeah. a big loss for the Broncos. I mean, he's we're looking at a guy that would be odds-on favourite for the Dally M at the moment. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Mm, watch this space. Um, yeah, we, we we will have to watch this space. Well, but you th- should. Th- then. They better <laughs> announce it bloody soon, right? Like. Well, I reckon it'll be in November. I reckon we'll have to sit on this for a while before we get a confirm in terms oh, of... it's exciting. I can't wait. Oh, my bloody hell. Hold on, just quickly, before we go, uh, did you see they're looking at locking in Adesanya for the UFC 293 in Sydney in September? Yeah, well, it was always going to be the fight. 
Um, they really wanted Adesanya to fight, especially when his title defense didn't go too far. It was supposed to be Deplusis, but he pulled out because uh, apparently That'd he's be a coward. Sore, sore foot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's got a hurt foot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, so it's going to be against Strickland, and I think the UFC is set to announce that in the next week. Right. So do you mean it? They are because it's 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 only like five weeks away. So it's just even on their website, it's still just TBD versus TBD. And when you think that you're a month out, I might maybe it's already like sold so well. <laughs> it's like whatever. Yeah, they, they don't time. care. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. They're too busy ha- having their fiftieth birthdays. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for afternoon sport today. Make sure you hit follow, subscribe, share it with your mates. A big thank you to our sponsors. Cell AED, the world's smallest defibrillator. And we'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. At Gradability, we believe that every graduate should have the skills and opportunity to pursue the career of their choice. But sometimes we need help to bridge that gap. And that's where the Gradability Accelerator Plus program, or GAP program, comes in. The GAP program is designed to supplement your learning with real-life experience at one of our almost 12,000 host employers, giving you the vital experience needed to kickstart your professional career. Visit gradability.com.au for more information.